Howdy, everybody. We are Hi. back. Jeff Roth and Lee Pettajohn are back to give you more. And today, we're going to talk about being hungry. So, wondering if you guys have ever been not hungry before, but more than that. Like, you have skipped a meal and you recognize that you're hungry and now that's all you can think about. What... Uh, when is my next meal coming and where is it coming from and what's it going to be? And I mean, there's a reason that we, we have, have for it, right? we have a term for it these days, right? Uh, yeah. You ever been hangry? Uh, now, now we even have terms to understand, not just being hungry and being satisfied, but also it's, it's kind of taking over a lot of our different uh, emotions. Um, Isn't that interesting how like skipping a meal or not having a, be a part of your regular rhythm or like you've missed supper by a couple hours that it can impact you yeah that much like it impacts yeah just you physically but yeah as our emotionally and spiritually our um our lives seem to be turned upside down right now anyway and so finding a new normal i think even just like oh that's right i was supposed to eat lunch at this time and now i haven't and right. Dang, now I realize that I am hungry. You know, right. what, what am I going to do? So think about that as we're going through uh, this, uh, this recording. And just want to recap some of the things that we talked about last time. We are going through the seven I am statements in John. And last time we just gave you kind of an introduction and we talked about uh, early philosophy being categorized into being and existing, uh, breaking those into two different parts. One of them being the world of flux or a world of changing or the physical world that changes all the time. And then on the opposite end, there's the world of forms and then there's perfection and then there's highest forms. Uh, so then when we look at a biblical view, God's view from the beginning pages of Genesis, we can see that model just a little bit, but maybe it's different in some way. Uh, and we see that things exist and are and be and am because he created them. And then we know that when he started his creation, they were good. And we also know that the tree in the middle of the garden was referred to as the tree of the knowledge of good and not good. So therefore to exist meant that it started out good, kind of like what we were talking about as far as like perfect forms. So things start good and then they have the ability to change and that's where the flux comes in. They were able to change into not good. And so God continually wanted to move and shape and change mankind back toward good. And so we see this in his daily walks in the garden, uh, you know, that he made a continual effort with Adam and Eve. And it's like he had daily walks with them um, to keep them in good, as well as his intercession with the people throughout biblical history. He was talking to... I don't know, what, do you, what are some examples in biblical history as far as like God wanting to get people back to good? It's the whole Bible, basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, his partnership with Abraham and all of his descendants and the so, gift of the land and then the gift of the Torah and the law and the, the instruction. Right. Um, that's all kind of getting back to... Okay pages of Genesis. So you can see how these things, uh, this dichotomy between good and not good, you can see that tension also with regard to the terms like heaven and earth. 
Um, they were joined at the beginning because it states very specifically, Genesis 1-1, God created the heavens and the earth. And it seemed like they were joined together and there was harmony. Uh, and then man decided to split those and he separated himself from God and God's desire to give him good knowledge. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. So if you're into that kind of thing, Jesus's mission was to marry those two things back together. And if you listen and look closely, you'll see that happening through all of these I am statements. So what is the I am statement that we're talking about today? It's the bread of life. Bread. John 6. Bread of life in John 6. So talk to me about bread. Um, why, why would Jesus use a term like bread? And why would he equate himself with uh, the concept of bread right now in this passage? So bread, like when we think of bread and food or something that Jesus maybe was giving... Through our eyes, we think of it as almost like some sort of special, like bakery bread, or uh, like we almost kind of view it through those lens. For them, it was more of if you were an ancient. Uh, I mean, first you have to think about there's not there's no middle class. I mean, you're either super duper rich or extremely poor. Okay. And so, food is rare, um, and so. Red is a commodity. It's there's not a a regularity to it for the for the most part, and so one of the things that Jesus is bringing is is something that'll be steady to their diet, and it's something regular. And there's something that's what somebody that's why they kind of wanted to make him their their bread king because he was providing. Okay. For them and providing and protecting them by making sure they have enough food. So whereas yeah. we don't have the concept of a loaf, a loaf of sliced bread that we pull off the shelf as being anything special, they did. Yeah. Just having access to bread was okay. special. Yeah. So maybe, maybe like having cinnamon rolls in the morning whereas you normally just have a piece of toast that's maybe how we could equate it a little to bit some extent, yeah you know like we don't have cinnamon rolls every day we just have a boring piece of toast but today we get cinnamon rolls right and so we're as they would view it as we don't have bread oh to, any bread. <laughs> today today we do get bread yeah yeah Maybe like Willy Wonka. Do you remember when Charlie's yeah. like, let's feast on this? And he pulls out this right. loaf of bread. Yeah. Okay. Or it's more of like, oh, we have enough bread for a couple more days and the harvest isn't looking good. And so I don't know how, like, thinking about rationing or thinking about gotcha. things in those terms too. There might be... Like toilet like paper today. Yeah, like to like what <laughs> toilet paper is today, a high commodity, right? You don't know how much more you're going to have. <laughs> All right, so so talking about bread, Jesus alludes in uh, chapter 6, there's an Old Testament hyperlink that he's using. Mm -hmm. So what is he, what is, what is that and why is he referring to himself as that bread? So that's tying into the, as the, Israel has just been, uh, redeemed and brought out from slavery uh, from the hands of the Egyptians. And so they're kind of heading towards 
the Mount Sinai for, for worship and, uh, and also other moments when they're actually wandering before they get into the promised land. But these moments of God provides bread for them as they're uh, dependent on, they're on the move. They're, they're, they don't really have a home right now, so they don't have any land to tend to. So they, don't any, they don't have any way to provide. Like so, it's God's God's literally providing. They really don't have a shelf for, on a grocery or store. They don't have a shelf, right? <laughs> so God is really, really taking care of them, literally from bread from from heaven. Okay. As they as they go to sleep, and then they wake up, and there's bread on the ground. <laughs> so that's the direct connection, right? That's the pe- the people are getting this. They've heard the story of manna from heaven, and Jesus is saying, "I'm it." Is yeah. that it? In a way, but he's also, it's a little different because he mentioned, he makes the point, but you die. Okay. So, like, they died in the desert. Like, they got the bread from heaven, but they also... So he's say, the, say, he's say, the say, cinnamon yeah. roll. He's, the, <laughs> he's something more, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like he's something special in that sense of... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted the manna every day because they didn't know where it was going to come from. And he's like, dude, I'm the... I'm I'm better than that. I'm I'm uh, I'm not just that. I'm I'm better than than what you think it is. Right. And so, and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about last time in the introduction. You brought up. I am attached to anything else. I am cheesecake. Okay. If you don't exist anymore, then you we don't have any more cheesecake, right? Right. Sad so, if he, so if he's saying, I am the bread of life, and in a way he's using a metaphor to get us to understand that like he's life, just like John tells us in the beginning of his gospel in verse 4 of chapter 1, like, in him was the life. So he's, so, so he's not even making the statement, I am a bread of life. You know, like, I am the bread of life, right. yeah. Yeah, and so... If he's not there, if Jesus doesn't exist, there's no life. Okay. There's no life. And so now it's moved beyond, and this is why it's making some people angry in John 6, is because now he's moved on from what he's offering or giving to somebody. Do you think they thought he was pulling them away from Yahweh, uh, the God of the Old Testament? And they're like, well, we follow Yahweh and we follow God and he is who sustains us. And now Jesus is, they maybe think he's pulling them in a different direction. Yeah. I mean, if you put yourself in in their world, 400, 500 years ago, they were in exile for idolatry, like getting kind of pulled into other gods for their devotion and kind of leading the nation into the ground in a, to put it a certain way but it <laughs> but now they're, they're the era that they're living in now it's almost like swinging to the other extreme of like hypersensitive of trying to protect like to ensure that we're not led astray by false Okay. And by idol- like idolatry, so there is a like there is a layer to that of like it does make sense 
to be protective in that way and to try to sniff oh, sure. out. Like we get someone com- yeah, we get someone coming into our church and they're like, I am what Christmas is all about. And we're like, ah, <laughs> I don't think so. Right, right. But then there's, to me, there's the other layer, and this is more the dark part of, or just part of the human condition, is we like to do things on our terms. And Jesus is pushing on that. Like It's not like... Like we, we disagree with who the what kind of God you are. It's more of like, or we don't, let me rephrase that. We don't disagree with um, the concept of that you could be God fleshed out before us. It's more of we don't like the God that you're fleshing out oh. before us to a certain extent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how, so if Jesus is setting himself up as I am the bread of I am the bread of life and if you want life you have to partake of me Um, he goes into some pretty specific terms so if you can talk about like what terms does he use when he says I am the bread of life and you need to partake of me what like what terms does he use and what does he what do you think he means by those well he's getting at when he's saying, I am the bread of life, and what do you need to, what, what should you do about it? I mean, and this is one of the weirder statements in the Bible, um, where he's talking about like ingesting him, where he's talking about, you're gonna have to drink my blood and eat my, <laughs> and pretty, eat my body, like. Um, pretty barbaric terms, even for us today. Yeah. You know, I mean. And for them back then as well. Yeah, we don't eat people. <laughs> but I, but he's getting at ingesting him, getting him inside of us. Like you would, how do you get food inside of you? How would you get bread inside of you? We ha- that's a normal rhythm of our life to sustain our life. We, we have farmers that grow it, and you have grocery stores who supply it and trucks that move it across the country to get it to the stores. You've got, we take trips to the stores, farmers markets, to butchers, to all these different. Um, If you're not a child who maybe needs somebody to take a spoonful of something and put it in your mouth, for the most part, you can figure out how to get food inside of you. Do you think so? Do you think he was even alluding to uh, the dailiness of taking him? Yeah, I think I think so. Like I think, yeah, that that rhythm. Okay. Like it, it's just not like, hey, I ate Jesus once and I'm good. Right. Then I yeah. can go do what I want to. It's right. like, nope. This needs to be a regular activity. A regular rhythm. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. So if we think in terms of Jesus is bread and we eat food, I mean, marrying those two concepts together doesn't doesn't make sense to us right away. Like we can maybe think about it in in a in a philosophical way, but even just wrapping our heads around it. Do we have to understand this fully right now? Like the first time we hear about it or even in some of our cases, you know, 30 years after we hear it. Uh, 
do you think this is something that Jesus was expecting them? It's like, no, you got to get this right now. Well, that's the one of the many wonderful things about Jesus is that he's incredibly patient. And as you see, as the narrative is ending in John 6, he's just wanting people to be open to the concept and the idea of him being the bread of life. So maybe, just, don't, just don't be actively trying to kill him. <laughs> so, so in an effort to mix metaphors, maybe we just have to chew on this for a chew while. Chew on this. It's okay to... <laughs> Bible dad, strike again. All yeah. right. <laughs> okay. So Nice, nice pun. Thank you. Like it, thank yeah. you. So we'll chew on this for a yeah. while and, and think about eating the bread of life and... And, uh, and how Jesus does that. Because, so, so, I mean, that's what Peter is doing at the end, where he's, I don't know where else to go, but I'm going to follow it. Like, I'm open to the concept of you have the words of, of life. Yeah. Like, what else are we going to do? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's an amazing verse. Yeah. <laughs> it's something maybe you should get a tattoo of. Uh, you, if you're out there right now, that's not a bad idea. idea right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, so as we talk about like the purpose and the application of Jesus making this I am statement, um, there, there might, I guess, one of, the, one of the things that would be understanding that the application of this would be was to, is to ingest the bread of life. Um, not, only, not only doing it, but maybe recognizing the desire for it, mm-hmm. and then also like taking action. Like both of those things put together would be what we would do to ingest the bread of life. Kind of like we talked about at the beginning where, oh, I skipped a meal and I've been working hard maybe outside or I've been working hard doing something or, you know, whatever it is. And then, oh, now I recognize that I'm hungry. I should go inside. Yeah, maybe the question could be like we recognize the cues for like physical hunger, like what would be recognizing the cues for a deeper hunger, like for spit, like for the deeper realities of who you are as a person. And the, one of the prerequisites that we talked about in our last, uh, our last recording was that when you're listening to us, we are expecting that you want a good life and that you are searching for that good life. And I think yeah. this is definitely part of that, where um, if Jesus is making bold claims like this, it's like, okay, I'm going to search and I'm going yeah. to you know, wrestle with this mm-hmm. kind of concept. Yeah. Um, and then um, another, another application of this is just being open to instruction. This may not make sense right now. This may take... This may take a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of years, uh, but it, we're, we are just on the first I am statement right now, and we've got you know six more to go. And yeah. so I think, I think one of the applications is, is if this is compelling, you know, if, you, if you're thinking, I do want a good life, and I do want to search for a good life, and Jesus is obviously saying here, you cannot have life you, I mean, I am the bread of life, and if you do not have me, you do not have life. Um, then I think it's I think it's important to not just dismiss it or not just even accept it blindly, but just be open to 
the interpretation that God's going to give you, whether it's something that we say or, you yeah. know, read through John 6, uh, open up your Bibles when we're done with this and take, t- take some time to, uh, again, yeah. chew on it uh, and kind of read the context around what he's talking about. Well, that's it for us today. Do you have anything else amazing to say? covers it, yeah. All right. All right, so next time we're going to go, we're going to move on to the next I am statement, which is I am the light of the world. Looking forward to that one. And thanks for your time, guys. If you have any questions or comments or anything like that, let us know. you can you can put comments on the SoundCloud channel or just send us, you know, send us an email or the content. Yeah, text text us. Write us a letter. Any smoke signals I'm not so good at, but yeah, yeah any of those other things I'm, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll respond yeah. as, as best as we can. So thanks for being here with us, guys. Appreciate it. Later. See ya.